This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. The gorgeous Sarah Silsbury is uh, with me right now in the studio, all shiny and glittery. I knew she would be dressed up, which is why I just wore like leggings and trainers because there's no point even competing with this woman. She's a stylist and a personal shop with more than 20 years experience. How are you doing, my love? I'm really well. How are you? You're so shiny. I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to put lots and lots of trends all on at once today. No, <laughs> do you know that trend? It reminds me, and you know how fashion recycles and comes back around yeah. again. I remember um, like a lot of the Indian suits I used to wear going to weddings many years ago. They used to be in this kind of material and then I haven't seen it again for a while. So you're the first one to bring it back to me. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful material. I can't really, I'll describe it. It's sort of like a, a metallic print, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? and it's shiny everywhere. Very shiny. And, it's, and it really does catch light. I'm still hanging on to Christmas. I still want a bit of twinkle. Uh, you twinkle every day on your Instagram. You don't need to hang on, hang on to Christmas for that. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your background and who, who you styled. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been styling in the UK for probably 25 years now. Um, I came over here with my family two years ago and had to start from the beginning again, really, you know, after building up a big clientele in the UK where you're reliant on contacts, um, I then had to start again here, which has been lovely because I've been getting to work with, um, rather than working with brands, I've worked with individuals and personal clients and uh, yeah, it just developed again. Can, can you like name drop anyone or are you not allowed to? Oh, well, well, from when I've worked in the past, I worked with uh, yeah. uh, like Gillian Anderson, mm-hmm. um, I've worked with big brands, Ralph Lauren, uh, June. Lots of big, you know, big names that you'd know from the high street. And then just more personal clients that... Uh, Any, like, celebrities that you can say? Or I, well, I'm, I don't know. I have to be really careful with this because when you're a stylist, it's a bit like you're an under undercover secret because people don't often want people to know they've used you. So I do have oh, to be careful. Oh, I would careful. tell everybody. You do. You either have one or, one or the other, a person that's really, really happy to tell everyone and anyone else that's really, yeah. really quiet about it. Well, listen, what have been some of your biggest challenges or most bizarre requests from clients when it comes to styling them? I think it's always when it's last minute. Someone will say at um, nine in the morning, oh, I need a dress, <laughs> a dress for a ball this evening in three hours. So, But it is always like a bit like finding the Holy Grail. I do love the challenge. I love being told, you know, you, can you go and find this? And when you're working in fashion, you're always working a season ahead as well. You know, I'm already thinking about next winter, whereas everyone else will be thinking about the summer coming for their mm. wardrobe. So we're always working a season ahead. So I just think it's the little challenges when someone says, you know, like, find, find me this and you think, yes. So, you, so you're, a, you're a personal shopper. I'm a lazy shopper when it comes mm. to clothes. I'll go to the mall if I have to, otherwise I'll shop online. But when I do go, I always come back with something really quirky or something unique because I know exactly what I want. Yeah. I don't go there just to browse. As, as a shopper, have, have you seen a big change? Like when people are going shopping physically than when they're ordering online. Has that changed for you as a personal shopper? Yeah, do you know, it's, it's, I like both. I definitely like to go into the mall because I think you see what's there and you get ideas. And I think a lot of the time I loved the, the whole creativity of seeing other people shopping and see the interaction. But I also think that sometimes when you've got to get the fundaments of a wardrobe and you've got to get your basics together, do it online because you're not distracted. Mm. You're not sort of looking at other things that are around you. And I think when you are building a wardrobe, it's vital that you get those staple bits really set, first of all. And then you into, you know, in bring all the other bits are in, the nice glitzy bits. Where do you think um, 
a lot of people are going wrong when it comes to actually finding clothes that fit them well um, and look good on them and are comfortable? I think we try, we go by too many rules. You know, I, I, love what, I have a big advocate of wear the dress. I'm 52 and I go for it daily. You do. She does. <laughs> and if fashion should be fun. To me, style is your smile. If it makes you smile, it's stylish. And I think what women do, we look at labels too often. We look at sizes. We look at um, age groups. We look at what we should be doing, where we should, what other people think. And you've just got to throw that out the window. It's got to be fun. You've got to, you, There are st- a few star rules. As long as you stick to a couple of things that are going to help you with your shape and maybe your colouring, then everything else, as long as it makes you smile, go for it. Is there anything, let's talk about, first of all, do you style men as well? I do. I don't do as many men, but yeah, I definitely do do men. Okay, let, let, let's do a little bit with the men first. Mm-hmm. After the age of 40, what should you not be wearing? Like, As, or, a, or, as a man? Yeah. Um, I just, I think that men after the age of 40, that uh, men have style, you, you, you know, the same as women. You might, you've got to think about what you're doing in life. If you're a rock star, you're not going to wear the same as a lawyer. You know, you have to think True. about. But you also, it's still, I, I find that men really do love fashion when they're allowed to. Yeah. It's not something they've really thought about before. Um, it's something very low on their agenda. And it, when you, I often find that they'll bloom quick and that they're much uh, easier than women to sort of push into a certain direction. Yeah. They're, they're willing to try things. Yeah. But I think that just classic cuts will always look good on them. Any man, you know, something that makes your shoulders look good, that gives you a little bit of shape. I think what men tend to do is go for shapeless garments. They'll go for comfort and practicality. So I think it's getting that sort of um, a good cut go for something that's mm. a bit more classic. Um, and what about with women? You know, as you get older, you're like, oh, should I be wearing that mini skirt? Saying that, though, I've seen you in little rah-rah skirts oh my goodness, and, and yeah. you look amazing. So I know there's, for you, it's it's how you feel. And I'm exactly the same. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really not bothered either. No, you're but, very brave. <laughs> you are brave. I like kind of like the tomboy, funky, edgy kind of stuff with a little bit of a feminine touch. Do you touch. find you have to do different things for different days? Because some days I'm like, today I want to be really girly. And the next day I think, no, I'm a spaceman. I want to wear silver. <laughs> today you are a spaceman. <laughs> Girl. It's, it's not like how I feel. I think it depends on, obviously, you know, what I'm doing. But when I wake up in the morning, I'm kind of like, how am I feeling today? So, like, yeah. today, I was like, I just want to wear my trainers, right? Yesterday, I was in my funky boots. And I think it depends on how much rest I've had the night before. And, and I think it is a confidence thing as well. And totally. I think that as women, as we get older, we, we really sort of have so many clients that have just lost their mojo. They, they might yeah. have had kids or they might have just been involved in their job. And they suddenly, I don't know what suits me anymore. And it's just finding you again in fashion and finding it to be fun. And it's not frivolous. Yeah. If you look in the mirror and you like what you see, everything about your day is better. Mm. Everything. And and you evolve all the time. And, and, and it doesn't matter if you, you know, you don't wear the same clothes you did in your 20s. That's the whole point of life. We're supposed to change and Absolutely. evolve. Absolutely. And finding your style. I think in your 20s, you're very still fashion led. Yeah. You know, you're finding your tribe. You're probably finding your career. You're still very fashion led. Yeah. I think in your 40s, 50s, you can experiment a bit more because you know who you are. Yeah. I did. I remember I did a photo shoot a while ago and I called Sarah and I went, Sarah, I've got a photo shoot. I don't know what to And literally, bang, bang, bang. She sent me all these colours and these pictures and everything. And then it just turned into black leather, remember? But you looked phenomenal. I was like, own it. Look at you. Yeah, well, we're planning to do a music video um, in the future. So I need you for that. Oh, I'll You're be booked. There. You I'll are be booked. There. Well, we're going to be back with Sarah soon. If you've got any um, questions for her, any tips when it comes to what to wear for your body shape, when it comes to colour palettes, or, you know, you think, about like what are some of the wardrobe tips you should look out for and new trends of 2024. 
Oh, a lovely personal shopper, stylist, and now my personal stylist. Um, I'm not going to pay her anything. I'm just going to bring on the radio all the time. <laughs> um, she is joining us, and she's been in the business for like 20 years, and she's so fashionable. And I love the fact that it doesn't matter what age you are, her personality just comes out through what she wears. Like, I've seen her in little rara dresses. You posted something the other day, and I think it was the latest post with a blue dress from the back. Oh, that dress. And, and I went... Who's that little girl? And you turned around. Oh my god! Like you can't even tell. Oh god, that's frightening. You've got such a fun personality. You know what I mean? You can't tell. Like I look at my mom and I'm like, Mom, you're dressing way too old sometimes. And I also think it's your environment. You know, if you think about England, it's quite. You know, the weather's cold. Everyone's inside, and if if everyone else is dressing aging a bit older than you, Mm. you're not going to walk around in something stylish because you don't fit in. We're very lucky here as well because we don't have to dress for practical reasons. You know, in England, you're thinking, is it going to rain? Do I need woolly boots? Do I need a hood? Whereas here, you can be a bit more flamboyant. You know, I always say, go for it. We've we've haven't got a reason not to wear something fabulous. So right now, we're coming up to January. Mm -hmm. Is there a colour that's in season? Yeah, well, coming for spring, um, summer 24, the big colour for me, um, I was lucky to go to some of the shows back in um, September, October, and it was a green, pistachio, really, really stuck out for me. That's sort of very, you know, it's it's not not a mint green, it's definitely that sort of pistachio green, and uh, there was a designer called Erdem who did it beautifully, and it is a flattering colour. I always say with green, green suits everyone. Find your shade because there isn't a flower in the world that doesn't suit its leaves. <laughs> it will it, work for you. That's such a good way of saying it. You're absolutely right. I like I like green actually, but you're right. It has to be the right green. You don't yeah. want to look like a cucumber. You have to, and that's where it probably it does help having at least one uh, styling se- session because you will find out the shades that suit you. And as we get older, that's imperative. So, so do our do our shades change as we get older? Yes. Oh, yes. they do. When we're born, we have a real high pigmentation of colour. You know, you think of your children's hair, your lips, your eyes. That's why we want a hair streaks like you look at the kids yeah. and and as we get older age the environment it depletes it all you know every, mm-hmm. your hair gets grayer your eyes get less pigmented your, your lips definitely do that's something i've really noticed and what the what right shade of color will bounce that back into your face i see and then you do that with people you yes. put like color yeah. palettes around them okay um let's talk about some upcoming trends for 2024 mm-hmm. oh, yeah. what let, let's go through them what should we be looking out for what do you think is coming I think the big thing is girly. Whereas last year it was very Barbie core. I'm not girly, that's well, the issue. But it's it's I think you can have real fun with it because my daughter's not either, but you know like you can do goth girly a bit. So whereas that, I really yeah. like sort of pink girl I do like girly. It's there's a lot of bows, hair bows were huge. Um but you can do it in that almost uh, there's a designer called the Vampire's Wife who does it in a very goth way you know that's sort of so so you'd probably find me in a floral dress with Doc Martens that's how I'd balance it out but you then did a beautiful you know big black bow in your hair like a velvet bow it's gonna you're hitting that trend that reminds me of Sarah Jessica Parker did you see a picture of her with this beautiful bow oh that was beautiful yeah and it's something that you'd see on a 10 year old girl but the way she wears her clothes I just don't know how she does it but it's it's confidence it's how you put it on and it makes you smile you make other people I've never worn and I've worn some crazy stuff I've never had someone say oh my goodness that's awful people when you're smiling and you feel great, people smile mm. back at you. It's true. So we've had a text in and it says, I'm new to Dubai, I'm age mm. 25, and I, I'm finding it really hard to find clothes. I'm a plus size and I'm 5 foot 10. Are there any recommendations? Oh, absolutely.
absolutely. And I'm really lucky to work with some really fabulous local brands here. The one that immediately springs to mind is Becky Brambles in the Desert. She's online. She also does a lot of the markets. She's just the most wonderful person in the world anyway. So she's a really warm person. But she does uh, one size fits all in a lot of her garments and they're beautiful. She does a beautiful Aztecs and neons and things. And at the moment, I think she's got a big sale on three for two. So it's worth looking at anyway. But she's really really well priced and d- definitely is very size inclusive that's what she prides herself on mm. so that would be my first stop but if I was going other end of the spectrum and you wanted something for an event then another boutique that I've worked with called L'Etoile Etoile La Boutique and they're in the um, Mall of the Emirates they have a designer called Talamamo mm. who used to it was started in Dubai and beautiful, beautiful caftans with feathers and stunning, stunning dresses. So you've got two, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum there, but both equally beautiful clothes. Okay. You know, um, there are some beautiful clothes out there, but what I, how important, because I think it's very important, are the undergarments. Because, you know, you've got now the choices of having Spanx. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of women, I should say, are wearing completely the wrong sizes yeah. of bras. And it doesn't matter how expensive your dress is, if the undergarment isn't smooth and fitted well. Yes. It doesn't matter, does it? Well, I always say it's like a foundation of a house. If you don't get the undergarments right, it's going to wobble. So you've got to, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to get your undergarments right. And you're lucky now because they used to be quite painful. You know, I'm all for shapewear, and it used to be they used to feel quite restrictive, didn't they? I don't know if yeah. you ever. But now I think that the now fa- you could wear them outside because oh, they look so cool. Yeah. And and the, the fabrics have developed, and you don't feel too constrained in them. So yeah, I, I would just all the time go and, go and get some good foundations so we grew up you know with a lot of vintage stuff secondhand mm-hmm. stuff and when I came here to buy it, it was like they'd frown upon me saying you're getting secondhand clothes yeah. you know that's how we how we were at university it was like really cool it's getting big here now isn't it it's growing yeah and rightly so you know I think it's something that we all have responsibility to do we, we all need to think about what we buy and how much we're buying and I think if you can uh, reshop even reshop from your wardrobe or uh, shops like Retold, you know, mm. down in Alcos. It is a worthwhile, you know, definitely worthwhile. And you get some beautiful, beautiful fabrics, uh, a lot less money. Yeah. Um, is there anything that um, is a must-have in our wardrobe for the new year that we is definitely going to be in fashion? It's just worth holding on to or keeping? I would hold on to sequins. Sequins were still huge for spring and summer. They they were they were I like them right now, especially when people are wearing sequins with like a woolly jumper. There's yeah. that balance. And I think the trick is to avoid silver or gold. Unless it's that very muted gold. They're very I think they're very um they're very seasonal. Yeah. Silver and gold is a Christmas sequin. If you're looking for spring and summer, look at the more coloured sequins. You know, they've done um, H&M, I saw had the day, had some in red and like a pale green. Uh-huh. And they were huge, huge on the, the uh, catwalks for spring, summer 24. Amazing. So um, how often do you go shopping for yourself? Too much. Well, my husband would say way too much. But um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's, I, I'm very good now at knowing what suits me. Mm. But like anyone, I still... Um, I still digress every now and then. Yeah, no, I'm going to ask you some questions off air yes. for me personally because um, I feel like I need to uh, glam up, not glam up, just change a little bit. I'm getting a bit bored. You know, the same way you want to change your hair? Yeah. I feel like I need something new and I need to go in a different fashion shake direction. Up. Yeah, is it a shape up or a shake, <laughs> shake up? up? We need a bit of both. And what are you wearing on, and doing on New Year's? News, I'm out with some friends. We're just heading down to Asia, Asia. I was, uh, I got a beautiful dress for a designer called Della Valley. comes mm. from Ibiza. 
So yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually, I think I'm. This is the thing now. I get more excited about the getting ready than I get than when I get so, there. So I, I've completely <laughs> changed. Sometimes I'll say no to going out because I'm like, I cannot be bothered to do my hair, my makeup. No. Like I don't have the energy now. If I had a stylist to do it all for me, well, we work it out then. Because <laughs> <laughs> you you have fun doing it. I'll just sit there back oh, and I love do it. it. No, but I love your energy and Sarah. Um, I wish you a very happy New Year. Okay, and you, and, and you. See you on the shoot of my music video. Absolutely. <laughs> so Dimple Amani is a London-born entrepreneur and she is leaning on her Indian roots of Ayurvedic wellness therapies learnt from her grandmother and mixed with some Western wellness practices and she's sharing them all with us today. How are you doing, Dimple? Hi, Poonam. How are you? Thank you for having me. Where are you talking to me from? From London. London, where about? Central London, Victoria. Okay, now you just sound more posh. I'm from Birmingham, so I was just checking. (laughs) How is it? Is it cold down there? Oh, it's freezing, but it's it's quite pleasant also. Yeah. We're having a lovely Christmas, and Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, to (laughs) you too. Now, I'm I'm Indian, and to this day, I do everything that my parents taught me, which is, you know, I use honey, milk, uh, gram flour on my face. I I avoid as many chemicals as I can, and I I just, that's what I live by. Um, What, your grandmother obviously inspired you. So, where did your love for this wellness come from? So... You know, back to my roots in India, we, we traveled back and forth um, to India from a very young age. And I've always been brought up, you know, with my grandma's herbal home remedies with turmeric, you know, um, ashwagandha, all these herbs. So I, it just really inspired me whenever there was something wrong in terms of like, if there was any health condition or any skin problem, she would always treat it with these natural herbal remedies and that really inspired me and I thought you know um, I need to take it. You you know know. what's funny like obviously we grew up with the same obviously spices and ideas in life Um, and when I when they started making the golden latte with turmeric I looked at them in the coffee shops going there is no way I'm paying like what 40 30 dirhams for this when I can make it home and we've been doing it for hundreds of years Uh, in India. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so funny. So um, let's talk about Ayurveda. Are you more focused or practiced in that? And what is it that you love about it? So I, yes, I practice. I mean, all my treatments uh, are inspired by Ayurveda. Ayurveda obviously is the oldest healing science. It dates 5,000 years. You know, it's a holistic approach to health and to help people live long, healthy and balanced lives. So the balance is where, you know, um, you cannot heal your body before your mind Mm. and that's where Ayurveda comes in place and that's where I you know we use a lot of like Ayurvedic um, inspiration in our treatments being facial treatments body treatments one of the things that you do is uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right is it buccal facial Mm -hmm. yes so so I've never heard of that yes so it's Buccal facial is an interoral massage. Mm. So Ayurvedic treatment starts with internal purification process. So, you know, the Ayurvedic um, buccal facial releases stress-induced toxins from the face and mm. it restores its natural balance. When we have, uh, you, you, must, you must sometimes have like jaw tension or sinus issues or headaches or, you know, any skin condition is due to 
the stiff muscles and if you have a blocked lymphatic system. So, you know, hence why we face a lot of like, you know, problems in the outer. And the buckle facial is an interall massage, which is very basic. It just sounds, you know, um, you basically um, wear gloves and put your fingers in your mouth and massage internally to drain all the toxins. Mm-hmm. And, and, you um, know, the bit, bit, yeah. Are, the, are the, the toxins from the actual lymph lymph nodes? Is that what yeah. you, yeah? Yes, yes. So from the lymph nodes, which is the fluid just below the skin. Yeah. Which can be, you know, um, it, which leads to water retention, puffiness, you know, when you have puffy face, when you have breakouts, when you have dehydrated skin, it's all because of the blocked lymphatic system. So Ayurveda the first system we treat is the lymphatic system, which is the lymph, which is the fluid full of toxins. And that can happen due to travel, stress, you know, diet, anything can trigger it. It's interesting because um, I had always heard about lymph. I've always had massages because it's a very big thing in our Indian culture. Since you were babies, yes. you have regular massages. Yes. And I, mm-hmm. I've never had a lymphatic uh, drainage massage. So I started having one. And the first time I had it, it really hurt. Like it genuinely hurt. By the mm-hmm. third or fourth one, it didn't. And I was yeah. thinking, does that mean my lymph nodes were blocked? Is that what the signs would be? Yes, absolutely. So when you experience a slight pain in the first session Mm. obviously it's the lymph nodes are blocked and that's why the muscles are really stiff so we need to release that tension you know just like you would have a back massage and we're releasing those knots so we hold a lot of like tension and knots on our faces too you know we have 43 muscles we need to really unblock and detox to have that fresh dewy skin and you know that fresh blood flowing so how often is it good to have like i mean is it much better at least to have a regular lymphatic massage which will differ from a normal, let's say, Swedish relaxing massage? Definitely. I strongly believe in lymphatic drainage massages where they're so powerful. Um, you know, just as you go to the gym and you exercise, it's that, you know, it's, it's the foundation mm. to everything because, you know, once you have that lymphatic system that's blocked which is obviously supports your immunity as well um if you treat that first and then after you treat everything else um you see instant transformative results definitely so when i was very young in my teens i remember when we had vhs's that's how old we're talking um i bought my mom um it was a face massage video and it was showing like you know tips to massage your face it was way back then and now yeah. you know we're talking about buccal facials and everything and um yeah. there's a lot on youtube that says shows you how you can do things at home every day is it something that you do regularly as well and that you also yeah. show on your instagram page yes absolutely so on my instagram we always show you know um home remedies and obviously um all the ayurvedic rituals example we have the cancer wand tool which is an ancient tool made out of copper and we simply just massage that over the skin moving the lymph so it helps the blood circulation and you can do this every day Mm. and i really feel that balance and consistency is the key to maintain a realistic wellness you know at our home so moving the lymph is definitely key 
what are some of the practices that you you live by? I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you some of mine. So I do a facial that I make at home, maybe once a week, as a tightening facial with honey, a little bit of turmeric, yeah. yogurt, and gram flour, and I put that on my face. Uh-huh. You know, and then I also always have spices, whether it's lachi, cloves in my tea. I don't have paracetamol, so I will use like spices to kind of ease anything. Uh-huh. You know, what kind of things do you do that you can give us some tips on? Yeah, so definitely, like I said, moving the lymphs. I would do definitely self-massage every mm. morning, just a quick five-minute routine. Just take any oil that's your favorite oil, like olive oil, coconut oil, you know, um, just massage, moving that lymph. I would really advise, even if you're cleansing your face, always use, um, you know, a form of like maybe an oil cleanser so you can massage. When you massage your face, you're moving that fluid that toxins and you know so it's very important facial tools you can you know use facial tools that can support help sculpting you know um helping again moving that lymphatic and definitely i have i love drinking um tea so i have my own miracle tea which has like ginger and turmeric and all the nice you know herbs which i which really helps with indigestion or bloating you know, also helps with facial bloating. So mm. I, I really um, add that into my daily ritual. Um, we've had a text from uh, Gina saying, do you have anything for PMS pains? Would you recommend anything that she could drink, eat or do? Yes. So we have navel oiling. So we, we I strongly believe in, um, you know, oiling your navel area because it's your first connection God, you know this is so funny this is this is all <laughs> my dad would do this all the time I mean, every yes. time yeah <laughs> yes so i think it's so powerful because when you so we have our navel oil and i i i really live by this because my grandma used to do this so if there's any kind of you know issues again it starts from the gut so if you navel oil it's cleansing your gut it's purifying your blood which also you know makes your skin glow and shine as well yeah and what about any tips to help with a resting sleep just before you go to bed? I mean, I know Indians will have hot milk, but some people are lactose intolerant these days. Yes, so definitely like um, uh, herbal tea, like, you know, if you add ginger, a little bit of chamomile, turmeric will definitely help. Again, navel oiling is so powerful. It really relaxes your, um, you know, relaxes you mentally and really helps with sleep also and mm. self-massage a bianga massage yeah yeah it's, it's so interesting every day my dad would self-massage and do that what you're saying and i'd be like dad why yeah. don't you go to a massage person he was like no i prefer <laughs> doing it by myself and you're right i think it gives you a lot of energy when you're doing it yourself too rather than be sleepy and relaxing and that's how he would you know he would do that regularly and he was always energetic Absolutely. Correct. Correct. Anyway, listen, where can we find you online? So Dimple Amani, my Instagram handle, my website is www.dimple-amani.com. And you, you can, people can follow you if they want to contact you or they can get some tips on all this Ayurvedic techniques that you use as well. Yes, absolutely. We also run workshops on how to do self-massage, buckle facials. Oh, you do? Where can we find that? And that will be on your Instagram link. Instagram link. They can um, DM us or on our website. We have our workshops as well, but they can always DM us and we will reply as soon as possible. And are yeah. these uh, these workshops we can access online or they, do they take place at a certain time? Online. 
Yes. Online. All right. And when is your next workshop? So we will be releasing it probably end of Feb. End of Feb. Okay. So everything, yeah, everything on Instagram, we always upload and, or, you know, they can check on website and Instagram for updates. Okay, amazing. I'm going to just rub my face because that's what I feel like I need to be doing. You've inspired <laughs> me. All right, Dimple, I wish you a very happy Thank new you. year. Thank you. You too. Lovely talking to you. Thank you. Well, one of the things that I really want to know about is what new techs, gadget, phones are all coming out next year for 2024. And also AI, is it going to take away my job? We're about to find out with a man who is in the know. His name is Trevor Long. He's a tech guru uh, from Sydney, talking to us live from Sydney from EFTM.com. Trevor, welcome to the show. Great to be with you. How are you doing? How was your Christmas? Christmas was great. The kids are still happy. They're not fighting yet. That'll be another couple of weeks into the holidays because we're on a six-week school holiday break here now. And uh, you know what? I'm feeling good. Oh, my goodness. I should have gone to school in uh, Sydney. Six weeks for Christmas. We used to get two weeks. Yeah, we get two weeks here and there, but then the parents have to put up with their own children for uh, six weeks over Christmas. So, you know, for about a week it's good because there's food in the fridge and there's kids that they want to see, but after that they just fight with each other. So just typical families here. Okay, that's great. Well, um, listen, where did your love for tech come from? Um, I think don't. I can't pinpoint that. I think I've just always been a nerd. Um, I loved the Commodore 64 as a kid. (gasps) I used to have one of those. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I think it was just so phenomenal what could what was happening before my eyes with this machine and and it evolved so quickly and it still is. So that's why it's so exciting to be in this field. Well, I honestly feel like over the past fifteen years it's rapidly growing to the point that I I oh, yeah. can't keep up generally. So let's start with the big one first. AI, you know, I mean, that is evolving so fast. You've got like ChatGPT that, you know, I don't even need to write scripts. I can go on that and it'll do it for me. And there's that nervousness where people are saying it's going to take away jobs. You've heard Elon Musk say it's quite dangerous. Where do you see it evolving for the good and for the bad probably next year? I think it's a really important thing to unpack because while we can be very negative about it, there's some super positives as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just said, you know, you just said the last 15 years have been amazing in tech, but just the last 12 months have been phenomenal and all because of AI. This time last year, we were at best learning about ChatGPT. Today, Mm -hmm. it is the perfect first draft writer for anyone, whether it's a school essay or a radio intro, it doesn't matter it's amazing what it can do. And I'm using it on a daily basis to brainstorm because I work alone. And so sometimes I'll actually have a conversation with ChatGPT to help me come up with ideas and do different things. But in 12 months, it's gotten smarter. It's gotten better. Google has, has got its own alternative with Bard. And I think the big thing is we've seen then the implementation of images. While early in the year, there was these very cool things you could do with images. We now have the system where on the internet, I can simply ask for a picture describe it and it will come in photoshop which is one of the most used photo editing softwares in the world you can now take a photo and simply expand it and it it creates things that never existed so it's phenomenal in just one year but we have to remember that everyone has it so while we love it for the fun things we do um, what about the criminals? What about the scammers? They're the people that are benefiting as well because okay. those emails or text messages we used to get, 
um, which we could tell weren't real because they weren't in very good uh, language or whatever it might be. Well, now the scammers have this as well, so they can articulate better and do different things. Plus, they can use it to brainstorm ideas as well. So that's the good and the bad of it as we see it today, and I think that's the evolution of it. It's going to evolve just the same way. We're going to see better knowledge, better smarts come from it. I think 2024 will see the um, the explosion of video AI, so you'll be able to potentially you use AI to generate video content that never existed before, um, which will question all of our own realities. Because you think about it, how will we know what to trust in one year from now with what we see? But I already don't trust a lot there is. Now, I'm an editor and a videographer, so I can see when something's been edited. And then a friend of mine, he showed me a video that he did on LinkedIn because he was so nervous to present to the camera. And I went, that's really good. He said, that's not me, that's an AI. I couldn't even tell. And that freaked me out, you know. Um, And also, sometimes I think we've got to be careful because, you know, I love scripting. I love writing and coming up with ideas. And your brain is using a certain function. If you stop using that and depend on technology, like if you think about the phone, how many numbers do you remember off by heart? When we grew up, we used to remember (laughs) them. So your brain is not being used the same way. So I try and make sure that I don't numb it, dumb it down just for AI and depend on that. There needs to be a fine balance. I agree, yeah. I think that balance is what we will need to discover and teach as both parents and as educators because, you know, know, I've got three kids and one of them you you would describe as being at the mercy of ChatGPT. It will be amazing for him because he's not a thinker and a scholar. Others, though, they won't want for ChatGPT. So what I want to do is make sure that, you know, the child that can benefit from it benefits in the right way. And, you know, the, the example I give you, which is similar to what you just said, I often... I often give ChatGPT an article I've written and say, should this be better or can you make it better? And I look at how it does it and I go, you know what, I love what you've done with what I wrote, but it's not me now. That's and, it. And I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to what I did and mm. take some of what you showed me and, and improve it. So that's why I think if we describe it and learn it as a first draft editor, as opposed to a creator, mm. then it'll be a powerful tool. Those people who rely on it or, or essentially artificially enhance their own skills or knowledge because of it will, I think, be found out. And I think that goes also to my point around what do we believe and what do we trust. I think, this is going to sound really weird, but I think we're going to have a, a pushback to mainstream media where the television news, the newspapers, yeah. um, those trusted mastheads are the places we go to yeah. believe things because they won't publish things that they can't verify as being real or authentic. So... There'll be a shift in that sense. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, TikTok's massive. I'm not on TikTok. I know it's all because I'm quite private. And also you hear about security issues with TikTok. um, And is it on the rise? Or do you think that will calm down? Remember, Snapchat was massive and then that calmed down. It's a fascinating one because Snapchat, I watch my kids now as they become teenagers and it's still huge for teenagers. Mm. That's how they communicate. Mm. Um, and I think as a next gener- another generation, several pastors never understand how and why they communicate that way. But what I think you need to see TikTok as is a threat to YouTube. While it's not genuinely a threat to YouTube, it's what, the reason I say that is because a lot of people think of TikTok as just another social media platform. But what, you're, what, what I'm seeing on TikTok is creation of content from um, you know big sources, small sources, independent and individual creators, mm. um, and it's entertainment in its short and long form, both 10 seconds and 10 minutes. And it's the smartest 
social media we've seen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean but but you know, is, have you ever read the small print, though? You know how much access they can oh, get absolutely. to you. That, that's yeah. my issue, which, the, which is the issue. It's like people want the attention. They need to get out there. But there's so much data being taken that you don't know about. But you know what? I use Facebook and I use Google. Yeah. If I'm going to complain about TikTok, I need to be, I need to be complaining about Facebook and Google too. Yeah. TikTok, the app, never knows, never asks for your actual location. It only uses the, the mobile signals to determine where you are broadly. So Facebook and Google know pinpoint accurate where you're standing on the planet. TikTok doesn't. Whereas, you know, we, we talk about TikTok being this privacy beast. Yep, it's Chinese and some people have a problem with that, that origin of it and all those things. But if you're going to have those issues, you, you have much bigger conversations to have around Google and Facebook and others. And, and the reality is, the younger generation and the, the growth generations on TikTok, they don't care about any of that stuff. So we have to look at it as a platform we need to keep our eye on, understand and legislate where, where required and needed. But it's booming and it's going to continue to boom in 2024. Okay. Now, you know, you know. Um, let's talk about Twitter versus threads because we're running out of time. Yeah. Since Instagram has said everyone can buy a blue tick uh, the same way like, you know, Elon Musk did with Twitter... I actually find it all boring because anyone who's anyone can just buy a blue tick. There's no, it doesn't feel special anymore to have one. What do you think of that? Oh, I agree. Um, and I don't say it because of someone who's had a blue tick on every platform for a very long time. I say it because I used the blue tick to determine who to trust and where yes. to read. Yes. And I think we've lost that sense mm. of, of uh, authority in it. Mm. The thing I'll say very quickly is um, Elon Musk is losing the battle. Uh, since Threads launched in Europe, mm. they have already outpaced x.com as a website. And that is an indicator of where that, that business is going. And I think it's going to be very telling how that plays out over the next year. Elon Musk is, is destroying that business for whatever reason we don't understand. But I do think Meta, who own now Facebook, Instagram and Threads, mm. are the dominant player and TikTok's the only challenger. Yeah. So final question, what are you looking forward to when it comes to the tech world and AI world in 2024? I am looking forward to, to AI and how it grows because I think it's exciting as long as we, we find ways of utilising it to fight scammers and things like that as well. And weirdly, I'm really looking forward to playing again in my own space with Apple's Vision Pro headset. I think that's going to be the hardware launch of the year because it, it's an amazing product that I see no purpose for. Those virtual realities, they're way too real. I went on one way you go on a plank and you think you're going to fall over, you know, over the hill. It's crazy. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Trevor. And I really look forward to um, having a chat with you again in the future, as I should say, in 2024. And I wish you a happy new year to you and your family. Anytime at all. Happy new year. Thank you. I call her my ch- my ultimate favourite travel buddy here in the UAE because she's amazing. She um, basically creates tours for people and they're, they're quite unusual, unique, and it's all because she has a massive passion herself. And I'm telling you, she puts her heart and soul into it. And I've said this before, to the point that when we went to Oman together for the first time, she gave me an Excel sheet for my flights. And I just thought that she's, she's perfection when it comes to travel. How are you? I'm very well. How <laughs> else do you travel? I know, but I just, I love, I used to love organizing holidays. And then when I realized you were like super organized, I just felt relaxed. 
I thought everything is under control. Mm-hmm. And I was just telling you, I just love that we were both at the same level of just relaxed and chilled. Mm-hmm. So I think that worked really well uh, in tandem. And, and the first thing I asked her, <laughs> she said to her, so where's your next holiday? She said, I don't know, but I need to go. And I said, okay, have you been here? She went, yeah. I said, do you want to go? She went, yeah. I said, can I come? <laughs> Because I know she'll organize everything for me. (laughs) Yes. So we'll definitely get on that as well very soon. I think just as soon as the New Year festivities are over, I think then I'll get back in like planning mode. Yeah. And there's still a lot to do right now because there's so many people who have family and friends here. And there's a little place that I go every year during the holidays, which you're going to talk about. I was there two days ago. It is the Souk Madinat Jamira Christmas Market. It's my favorite place to feel Christmassy. Tell us about it, because it was rammed when I went. Yeah, so when did you go? What day? Two days ago. Two days ago. I went on Boxing Day, as we say. Ah, so it is that time of the year when holiday markets pop up all over Dubai. And the one I visited, like you did, was uh, the one at Souk Medina Jumeirah, which was a huge festival market with uh, red and white roofed uh, booths that were selling just about everything from Christmas tree ornaments to, you know, stocking stuffers to gingerbreads and caramelized chestnuts. Yeah, so we, we bought gingerbreads. Uh, we bought some food. The, they had the long sausages, which oh, is like yeah. the three people but I just couldn't eat it (laughs) the band they're amazing all the time I'll let you you carry on well I have to say what impressed me the most was that they have so many children's attractions that are spreading the holiday spirit uh, including a mini North Pole train ride just around the Christmas tree uh, a Venetian carousel bungee jumping a snow playground Mm. and my favorite activity which was an Abra boat ride in the surrounding water with Santa on board. I know. Before it was only Santa, but now he's got some company. <laughs> yeah, so there's basically these boats running all across uh, the, the tree or, you know, just around it. And, I mean, everyone is just, you know, humming to, to the music and just, you know, soaking in the vibe. So... It is open until January 7th and usually runs from about 3 p.m. until late on Mondays to Thursdays. Yeah, it was open. I went on Monday and it was open till I think 11 p.m. But everyone's still lurking around. Right. But when, when Santa was going around, so I got I got really excited. And I was on the bridge um, and there was everyone was standing there and I wanted a video of Santa. So he, he would look at me and all you could hear was this me going, Santa, <laughs> oi, Santa, wave to me, Santa, on the video. So I had to put music over it. <laughs> <laughs> Did he even hear you with all yeah, the, the commotion? Yeah. I was when I listened back to it, I was the only one shouting. Oh literally with a Birmingham accent. Causing mayhem. Yeah. Well, it is actually free entry and you know, you do pay for the rides, uh, so for the children, and it's anywhere between 30 dirhams to 45, so it's very affordable. When I went, it was packed with people, and like I said, everyone in smiles, humming to the Christmas tunes, and the outdoor area is just beautiful, surrounded by, you know, the traditional wind tower design of yeah. the Souk Medina Jumeirah, so kind of like a Christmas-themed Arabian Disney Park. But you know what? It, it's on the it's the Madinat Jumeirah Island bit, and it, it's the area where they used to have all the parties for the... Um back in the day for the Dubai Film Festival and the Art Festival. It's that little island area. And and I love it, but I feel that this Christmas market is getting packed each year. So it, 
needs to extend. It needs to become bigger in some capacity. But I love that area. Yeah, no, it's lovely. And it's actually not the only Christmas market. So another winter market is also happening at the Jumeirah Emirates Towers. And that's kind of set against the backdrop of the Museum of the Future. I didn't know this. Yeah, and I haven't been, but it is also listed online and it is set to include a forest of Christmas trees, traditional crafts and artisanal gifts from a lot of homegrown brands, a carousel and apparently a snowball fight space, (laughs) a chocolate bar and food and drink. So that's on until January 4th and it is managed by the same company that's managing both uh, Sukh Madina Jumeirah and Emirates Towers. Oh wow, and is this the first time they're doing the Christmas market there? I think so, only because I haven't heard of it previously, but it could be a repeat. Okay. So have you been, you haven't been there though yet, have you? No, I haven't. I actually did spot it. I was at the 25 Hours Hotel and I looked out and saw the Museum of the Future had some sort of food truck situation happening immediately under. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, so they had that and they had the salt uh, burger uh, truck. So that's also quite nicely themed. But I didn't actually get around to going. I just, you know, feel like this might be until maybe early January. So Mm -hmm. I'll definitely make it a point to stop soon. Have you been to the Haptal Winter Garden? No, I haven't. Another one on the bucket list. Yeah. Have you a, been? No, they've got a lot of pop up. I keep seeing all the lights when I drive over Shakeside's Road. Yes. And I, and I peep over going, what is going on in there? And I never stop. And I think it goes on for a few weeks, actually. So again, it's just another place to go and eat, yes. in my opinion. And then one other beautiful tree that's been set up is in Al Sif. So that's actually, I think, supposedly rumored to be the tallest of the Christmas trees. And a picture that I saw proved, yes, it is quite big. And there's also um, where Alcaza Madinat Jamira is. You know the restaurant Pier Chic that goes out into the ocean? Yeah. There's, I don't know if it's real, but from a distance you can see it's a gigantic kind of lit up blue it looks plastic from a distance Christmas tree. Oh. And it really stands out. I really want to go close to it. Actually, I'm going to find out. I might go to yoga and go and touch the tree and, and see what it is. It's just so big from a distance. So yeah. I don't know what's going on I there. wonder. The one I'm actually most nostalgic for is the Wafi Mall tree. And I've been going to that one since I was very, very young. You're a Dubai baby. I'm not. I so am. I don't know anything about this tree. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, most of my childhood memories were around that tree, especially around this time of the year. And we would go. And I've still actually been going for the last few years mm-hmm. just because, you know, it brings back these really fond memories. And, and it's like going back in time. Uh, This year, though, I did want to go. Haven't managed to go yet, uh, but it is still, I think, available and open. So I'll be waffying it very soon. <laughs> so I, I know I'm getting older because before when I was younger, I'd be like looking at these Christmas trees going, this is amazing. Guess what I did at the uh, Madinat one? I looked at the Christmas tree going, how are they going to fold this up and how are they storing it? This is this this is what I was going through my head. Can you believe it? They're going to save it for next year. Pra- practicality. That's mm-hmm. me, Poonam, at the old age. Okay, so we've had um, a text before we go to the break. Um, I don't know what the name is, but you were talking about all the rides at the Madden at Christmas um, market being 35 to 40 dirhams. Mm-hmm. And someone has said, that ain't cheap. I said, mm-hmm. welcome to Dubai. Well, for Dubai, it is, I have to say. I mean, everything else usually, uh, the, the ride in Nabra around mm. is usually about 100 plus dirhams, I believe. Mm. So for them to cut that to about 45, I thought was actually quite nice. Yeah, if you want a cheap ride in Dubai, you need to go and ride your bike. So let's talk New Year's. Christmas is over again. And everyone's now planning what they're going to do for New Year's, whether you're staying in or going out. Any any plans for you? 
if you know me at all, you know that I would probably rather stay home and with your Excel avoid, sheet. Yes, and avoid exactly <laughs> plan the new at year. At least I'll be efficient, right? I'll plan the new year, plan the trip. You will actually get it on January first, just so I can look cool. I love you. <laughs> See, so the normal yes reaction would be to probably stay in, but this year we decided to get a little creative. So a few friends and I have decided to surprise one another. So how does this work? So we basically just decided that one person, one member. Of the group would actually make the decision for all of us. So we agreed on a budget, and so we've left it kind of wide so that everyone can just you know be comfortable within. And that person is going to actually make our entire New Year plan. But, but what if it's a lot of stuff that you're really not into? We're just gonna have to do just it. Do it exactly. It's a one night thing. It is unlikely that they're gonna choose something everyone's gonna be you know upset about. So I think they all know one another uh, very well. So we're just gonna find out just about. A couple of hours before the actual event itself, and so they factored in like traffic and everything. So I'm kind of excited because there's this like you know feeling of the unknown. I, I want to know what happens. Okay, the next day, let <laughs> let let me know. Okay, I will. But there are so many. I mean, great things that are happening around New Year's Eve. I've already been listening to the news. They're talking about road closures happening, and I think they start somewhere in the afternoon. Yeah, Shikside Road maybe as well will be a bit busy. So Metro is of course encouraged. But also, I've been getting these emails from like Kareem and as well as Hella Taxi telling us to pre-arrange our rides oh. just so that there is no chaos on the day. Um, Zofer, which is another app, is offering its chauffeur services. So if you do decide to drive, someone can actually then drive you back home. Do you know what? I might book mine today. You're right for the New Year's when I finish as Absolutely. Well. It's so great. But, you know, the, many other great dinners. And I, I did see the uh, there's a restaurant called June's, which I love, and it's over in the boulevard. Mm. So that place has a great, um, you know, five, I think, course menu with views of the Burj Khalifa. And also something that's a little different uh, is happening at the... Uh, 25 Hours Hotel, so with views of the Museum of the Future, it's an underground dining experience that's really? going to be hosted by Chef Couve of Couve's Secret love Supper Chef Club. Couve. Wonderful, and it is an eight-course menu with beautiful views, live performances, so there are so many great things. It's really just a matter of choice. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but um, me and Mark are going to be here anyway. If you want to, if you get stuck in traffic, you can tune in from six to one. I don't know how we're going to talk for seven hours. It is, is it po- seven hours. Yeah, it is possible, but I don't know um, if I think I am going to be bored listening to my own voice for that long. So I don't know about you guys, but we'll have plenty of music to, you know, help you through it. And uh, we just we want to hear from you what you guys are doing, especially if you're stuck in traffic. That's going to be hilarious. All right. Now. Cinema Akil. I know the one at Alcors. You've just told me there's a brand new one. Yep, a brand new one. So it is an independent indie cinema that has just opened a new outdoors location at 25 Hours Hotel 1 Central. So they play the best of independent world and classic movies. This new location is actually very cool because it is outdoors. And they have these seasonal uh, sort of uh, film screenings. They are entirely free. And this month, they're playing the classic Home Alone star Macaulay Culkin and that's happening tonight December 28th and on the 31st at 8 p.m. They're also playing another movie called Farha, which is uh, the story of a 14-year-old girl. It takes place in Palestine in 1948. And so that's on December 30th, also at 8 p.m. Seats are free, but you are 
encouraged to register online because it is on a first come first seat basis. I do love outdoor cinemas. It's lovely. I know. It's like yeah. under the stars, isn't it? Exactly. Just depends on the movie that's playing and if the bean bags are comfy and the food's <laughs> good. But other than that, I love them. Yeah. I mean, two hours as well. I mean, you can definitely sit through that. And yes, the weather's been so spectacular that I would encourage something outdoorsy. I, l- I like 25 hours. They're always doing something creative and mm. that alternative stuff, which is great. Right now, there's a sale going on. Where is this? If you love your books and your toys, I suppose. So although we're all getting our annual dose of holiday movies and shows on Netflix, if you prefer the literary escapes, there's a big Borders book sale happening from the 20th to the 31st of December. So readers actually will get the chance to browse through aisles and aisles of paperbacks and hardcovers that are stacked on tables, usually arranged by genre. So Mm. you can basically go to like the children's area of fiction, you know, cooking and so on. There's also plenty of toys, backpacks, and stationery with discounts of up to 75%. So that is happening at Sound Stages 2 and 3 in Dubai Studio City uh, from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. So just for all the bookstores out there, I've always been into spiritual, metaphysics, wellness books, but I don't understand why they're called self-help books because you see me standing under them and everyone just thinks she needs a lot of help. (laughs) I wish they would change that. Yes, brand them something else. And, you know, people honestly do feel uncomfortable. I do. I get a book and I go to the other side. Yep. And you go to like maybe, I don't know, the science section yeah. just so that you can look like you're kind of... Like you know. I don't need to be in therapy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just change it to wellness, please. Anyway, yeah. right. Let, let's talk about the children because obviously this season is all about kids more than anything. Yeah. What's there for them? Now, I know a lot of parents are looking for ways to keep their kids entertained during the winter break. And so if you've already covered all the city's theme parks and Christmas markets, you can also check out the many outdoor markets. So Ripe Market is always a favorite, yeah. but another... Another newcomer is the Dubai Covent Garden Market, and it's called Happening at the Harbor. So this is actually open until the 28th of March of next year. So we still got some time. But the cool thing is, is that they actually um, change the themes every month. And it is an open air market, so kids can play to their heart's content. Um, This month, I think the theme is Winter Wonderland, Mm. and there are plenty of homegrown brands selling their crafts, food trucks, and carts, live entertainment. It's a family-friendly vibe and free to enter. I I actually went to the harbour. I'm trying to find something for all of you. So I got off a boat. My friend had a birthday party, and there was the market. And I said, where's this market just come from? And um, I don't know if any of you have seen it. I did post it in my stories. It's like a cactus and it moves, it wiggles. It's like a little kid's toy. (laughs) And whatever you say to it, it will repeat after you. I'm going to see if I can find it after the break. Um, And I I spent 10 minutes with this cactus. (laughs) Just talking to it. Let me see if I can find it and and I'll come back to you afterwards, okay? Well, there's, I mean, plenty of other stuff. Just to also let you know, the mountain uh, bike track at Musharraf Park is also a great way for kids to, you know, be outside, as well as a walking track that spans about 10 kilometers. Mm. Uh, Nearby is also the Aventura Zipline Park. So if you want to take a walk on the wild side with a combination of like these zipline pathways, and swaying sky bridges, you can do that there. Very cool. Uh, There are different circuits, so they vary in levels of difficulty. And after watching a safety video, which was very important, uh, they taught me how to clip and unclip the lanyards. And so I was practically flying between treetops and landing zones, Tarzan style. You need a Tarzan, you do, (laughs) oh Jane. All right, we'll be back with Nada very shortly. 
So, Nada, I hear there is um, a food scavenger hunt, which is what I've been doing most of today. <laughs> Literally, I went from turkey again to a cherry pie that my friend made. And I'm just, I'm always on the hunt for food in the office. So tell me about this. So I've teamed up with my favorite food tour company in Dubai, Frying Pan Adventures, to create a delicious and adventurous scavenger hunt in old Dubai. So the way it works is that teams or secret agents, as we like to call them, have to solve a fictional crime thriller on their mobile phones that lead them on a fixed route Mm. to historic sites and to restaurants. So as a player, you have to actually eat mysterious food, solve these very cryptic puzzles and find a missing necklace all while learning about the history of the city. So it's a blend of walking food tour, mobster movie, and scavenger hunt all in one. (laughs) Okay, great fun. And it is self-guided, so you can actually pick the day and time and get cracking. So it is 110 per player, and you pay for the food that you order. So we've got Arvara on from Frying Pans on tomorrow. So we're going to find out more about that. I love all this kind. I did a treasure hunt years ago for my TV show, and the winner got um, a Mercedes-Benz. No way. Uh, Yeah, we didn't win, but it was honestly so much fun. And the amount of places we stopped and all of them were part of this plan. It was incredible, the the amount of organization. And I can only see someone like you organizing (laughs) this. Yeah, no, the the reality is, is that there's so much thought that has to go into these games because you have to visualize yourself as the player and, of course, walk in their shoes and see what are the things that they will see that you already know. And and honestly, that price is really good considering, you know, what how much has got involved into this. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you can do it with friends, family, you can play together or compete Right. Well, I, I like to compete. So how, how do you register for that, though? So on the website. So you can go to either one of our websites and it's online. You can just book there directly and everything will be sent to your phone or email. Um, As in Wonder with Nada's website. Yeah, absolutely. OK, cool. Now, let's head over to Russell Kima at um, the Pearl Farm, which you visited recently. Yeah. So about two hours away from Dubai is Al Rams, which is an area in Russell Kima that is home to a Pearl farm. So I signed up for a tour where I got picked up from the old fisherman's village and went aboard a traditional pearl diving boat to a floating farmhouse. So the ride alone honestly was amazing. I got to see the mangroves and nearby islands. But when I arrived at the farmhouse, I actually was amazed. We went through these like series of classes learning about the diving process and how pearl divers would spend four to five months at sea on a dhow diving repeatedly and collecting as many shells as possible only to open them up the next day and find one pearl in about 100 shells. I mean, that is 1% of right? The wild oysters that were fish that will produce a pearl. So we were shown around a boat. We learned about the equipment that they use, the compasses and maps uh, that they followed, where the captain also slept uh, to protect the pearls. And we were told how the lucky winners who found treasure in their oysters would actually get to dine with the captain. So... The tour was very educational, took about two and a half hours. And, you know, we sat throughout these different workshops learning about the the types and shapes of natural pearls. And finally, how the industry ground to a halt after a technique was developed by Mikimoto in Japan. You've probably heard the name before. Yeah. So he's most famed for it. And he was the, the man who's credited behind the invention of cultured pearls. We were able to open a few oysters ourselves and see if we hit the jackpot. And mine did. You're joking. I swear, I don't get to, to keep it, though. Oh, what? <laughs> you can, of course, buy. But 
Um, the idea is you get to see how you know the odds work. Highly recommended for adults and children alike, and they offer traditional meals on uh, board for those who are interested. And of course, there's a gift shop. Okay, we all could do with a good gift shop. They're so tantalizing, but quite expensive sometimes. You should have you should have kept that pearl, <laughs> or you should have said I didn't find anything in mine and put it in. But that's just me. That's just me. Not yes. not not as wholesome, mm-hmm. unlike me. Right. Um, also, let's go to Abu Dhabi. We've got the Manar Light Festival. I haven't heard of this. Yeah, so I don't think a lot of people have. It is an immersive light art exhibition that's happening all over Abu Dhabi. And they've got installations in many areas like the Corniche, uh, like uh, Samalia Island and Fahed Island. Now, some of those are closing by January 1st, but others until the end of the month. Mm. One that particularly caught my attention on Instagram was one over at Fahed Island, which was called Self Similar. Now, it's a sand installation, okay? They have about 448 pyramids and mounds that are arranged in 19 concentric circles. Mm. Now, you I've, might be I've picture- seen the picture on Instagram. Yeah, you might be picturing something small. It is massive. I was truly amazed by the size and scale of it. They are illuminated as well by over a thousand solar lanterns at night. And they really, I mean, they seem like they were trying to recreate Egypt's uh, Giza pyramids. I saw it on my Instagram feed and decided to stop there when I was visiting Abu Dhabi. Now, absolutely beautiful from a distance. I did get there before its opening time, which is at 4 p.m. So I didn't get to walk inside, but... I did see the the gram and know it looks wonderful. I would definitely encourage it, but just keep in mind 4 p.m. onwards. Okay. Best that, seen at sunset. It sounds lovely, though. I can imagine at sunset. That must look amazing. Yeah. And there are other similar also exhibitions happening. It's all over Abu Dhabi. It's not just in one particular location. So mm-hmm. the Corniche is another. And then they've got another one that leaves from the Az Island as well. So that includes a boat tour that people hop on and then they go to another island. So really, really very different. And I, I think it's just a nice thing to see. Everything's outdoors. So Mm. you interact. So it's very immersive in that way. That's cool. Right. Um, Now, I always love farms just for the animals, but obviously they're attracting people. You can now go and buy fresh produce from there, too. So you've got one in L.A. and one in Abu Dhabi. What is happening in both of them? Yeah. So the Emirates Bio Farm in Al Ain and the Mazra'a Farm in Abu Dhabi. So these places both grow and sell organic vegetables. So they offer these walking uh, or farm tractor tours where visitors can learn about organic and sustainable farming uh, and they can even harvest their own vegetables which I thought was pretty cool Mm. Uh, they've got chickens, goats, horses roaming around uh, the farm so visitors can actually pick up baskets to feed them Uh, They've also got cafes where you get ingredients uh, grown on the land that are chemical free and it's all earth to table. What what are you looking forward to doing, visiting, traveling to, experiencing in 2024? Oh, oh gosh, that's a big question. I think um, what I'm really looking forward to is learning more about places that I just, I guess, don't know enough about. I mean, we all know and maybe have, of course, watched in movies and, and, you know, cinema, all of the the typical big cities. But I'm I'm very curious to go to places that are under the radar. Such as? So, I mean, this might not be so under the radar, but I haven't ever been to Vietnam. I would love. Oh, my goodness. I I actually said that. I would love to go to Vietnam. And I've heard it's really quite cheap. Uh, Mark went there. He absolutely loved it. Oh, did he? And I mean, 
even places like Thailand. I know everyone um, usually goes there for the beach and a few other things, but I've found like so many beautiful farms and and just you know it's a very serene, very different kind of place. Mm. I would love to go to Sri Lanka again yeah. as well. I haven't been to the north part of the country, so that's also on the list. So I mean, the list is long. I can promise you that. Mm. You um, need to you need to like be a little gremlin and just triple. You know, quadruple a little yeah, more. Find exactly. Yeah, then ways you could be running around the whole planet. Uh, Galapagos Islands, as well, is on the list of places that I'm keen to discover. And I did find a cruise ship that takes you there. So it's going to be an interesting, I think, uh, thing to look into. And yeah. Well, I mean, d- just give me your travel plan and I'll tell you which ones I want to join in with, okay? <laughs> because I, I've become a lazy person when it comes to organizing travel because now that I have you, it's, what can I do? And, you know, if you thought I was organized, I have a friend who I actually depend on. So I swear the, the funny thing is, is that we're all connected in that way. I, I might have to dump you. Introduce me to your friend. <laughs> Directly, right? Just make that direct connection. <gasps> all right. Well, listen, I hope you have fun. Whatever surprise is going to happen for you on New Year's Eve. Thank you. I I, I pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of pray for myself too. I really hope my friend does not disappoint. And to everyone on the traffic in traffic on New Year's, I pray for all of you too. <laughs> and I'm gonna I book my uh, taxi now in advance. That was great advice. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely happy to to lend it. All right, well, thank you for coming in. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year's to you. Too. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.